Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. I'm your host, Tina Robertson, and I'm still taking a break for the summer month of July, but Freed Up is still bringing you great content at the intersection of faith and mental health. And so today's episode is one of my very favorite that Freed Up has hosted since its inception. It's about intimacy and how we all crave intimacy in our relationships. But that intimacy really starts with how we connect with God. So I want you to listen into this. I hope that you're encouraged. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. The desire for intimacy has been inextricably woven into our spirit and our souls by God himself. Intimacy is the supernatural bonding glue that God made to keep us connected to him. It is wrapped ever so tightly within the blessing of knowing and receiving God's unconditional love. It is the deepest level of connection we can experience relationally. Intimacy is not just about closeness or having a commitment. Certainly, those foster the environment for intimacy to grow. But intimacy is so much more. It's the process by which we are joined together. It's being seen and known in every way possible, especially spiritually and emotionally. The reality is that intimacy with God is the very purpose of our created and covenant identity. It is our first responsibility and our highest priority. We were made for intimacy. And intimacy was made for us. Intimacy with God is absolutely vital to our spiritual growth and our mental health. It is the filling station for our total well-being, for our hearts, our souls, our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And as we intimately connect with God, his presence fills in the places in our lives where loneliness and depression try to live. His very essence fills in the holes and hurts in our hearts that exists because of experiences with abandonment and rejection. And his peace saturates our minds, pushing out anxiety, worry, frustration, and fear. And in his presence is fullness of joy, joy that reminds us to live filled with hope regardless of our circumstances, joy that rises up when happiness is nowhere to be found. It is no wonder then that we desire it, we crave it, we hope for it and we'll do most anything to experience it. God designed intimacy with him to fill us, to satisfy us, and to care for us. And we'll never get from others what God intended for us to receive from him alone. When we've met him in the intimate space, we have what we need to meet others in an intimate place. Intimacy with God, much like becoming freed up, is not a destination. It's a continuous pursuit. And it will cost us. Intimacy with God is valuable and it's expensive, but it is accessible and available to anyone and everyone that chooses it. God has already done exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. But the one thing that God will not do for us is make us choose him. 
Now he'll draw us with his loving kindness. He will reveal himself to us in different ways, including through the Bible, through nature, through resources like this podcast and books, through people and other means. But he will not force you or me to choose to be in a relationship with him. The truth is that our relationship with God is as close as we've decided it to be at any given time. God will offer us invitations, but we will have to make the investments. And though it costs, it's worth it. I love the way that David, the king of Israel, realized intimacy's value. And he said in Psalm 84 and 10, better is one day in your presence, God, than a thousand anywhere else. So what will intimacy cost? Well, at least three things. The first is surrender. We have to come to God totally and completely uncovered, standing bare. I mean, not literally, but I guess if that works for you, okay. But bare, spiritually and emotionally naked. This means that nothing is hidden. We have to come unveiled and unmasked, meaning we are completely open about who we are and where we are, vulnerable and real with no attempts to hide any parts of ourselves. And we have to come undone. That means that we recognize the incredible privilege we have to be in holy communion with the perfect God. We stand in awe of God's mercy and his grace that allows us to know him in an intimate way. Please know, I get that surrendering is a struggle bus for most, if not all of us. I realized in my own goal of pursuing intimacy with God that I had held back from surrendering so many times. And after reflecting on it and just trying to drill down to identify what was underneath my hesitancies, it came down to this. I didn't really trust God. And I mean, I said that I did, sure. And I meant it, but there was fear. Fear of showing up naked, like all of me just out there on blast. What would God think? And what did all my stuff about me say to God? What hadn't I been for him that he desired me to be all along? And my biggest wondering of all was, what would God want me to do about me? (laughs) I don't know how that sounds to y'all, but these were my fears. And crazy sounding as they may be, they were real for me and they were keeping me from connecting with God. And the truth is, they were keeping me from intimately connecting with others as well. We all have fears that keep us from intimately being known. However, they were formed and fostered. They exist in our lives and they hold us back from God's best for us. So whatever yours may be, know that God understands. And in spite of them, God calls us to trust him and believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do all that he's promised. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says that it's impossible to please God without faith. And anybody who wants to come to him must first believe that he is, that he exists and that he rewards those who will sincerely come after him. Surrendering requires faith. It requires our trust. But we learn to trust when we know the truth. So maybe your trust issues, like mine, are really 
truth issues. I needed to be reminded the truth that God made me for intimacy with him first, then with others. The fears and doubts that we struggle with, they're rooted in the lies that we believe. Just like our sister Eve from back in the day, she believed the lie that Satan told her, which in summary was that God is not trustworthy. He's not who he says he is. And if God isn't who he says he is, then you can disconnect from him. So what he created you? You just go on and do you. And this lie caused a chain reaction of sin, then regret, shame, and guilt, and hiding. Hiding from God all while needing and wanting to be in an intimate relationship with him. And these are our challenges still today. And until we choose to believe the truth about God, trusting him is going to remain a challenge. So I was recently reading an article that discussed the popularity of dating sites and they talked about finding love and experiencing intimacy. And it ranked and described the most popular sites like Bumble, where women message the men first, but the men have a time limit to respond. And if they don't, they might lose a potential match. And then there's Tinder, which only offers a brief profile of someone. And that's intended to help with quicker decision making. But it's harder to figure out what people are really looking for. So folks are not sure if the person wants a long term relationship or if they just want to hook up. And then the article further discussed that expectations are not always clear and that when someone meets you and sees you, they may want to change their mind about you based upon your looks or they may simply be unsure about what they really want. Well, I want you to know that having intimacy with God is very different. God's profile is all throughout the Bible, and it is lengthy and detailed. It can also be found in the stories and testimonies of those that are intimately acquainted with him, that tested him, tried him, and know him to be true. And God doesn't disguise who he is. He doesn't play games with us. He's not unsure about whether he wants a relationship with you. God is not unclear about what it takes to care for you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. He's already taken care of everything you need to simply give your trust to him. He made you for relationship and desires that you'll want more with him. The pursuit of intimacy is going to call upon us to push ahead in spite of our fears, past disappointments, and our letdowns. And we have to believe that God is trustworthy and dependable. And this leads us to that necessary place of surrender. Secondly, if we're going to have intimacy with God, we're going to have to sacrifice. We have to give up and let go of the other paths that we've chosen to fill that God space in our lives. God designed us for intimate connection with him first. So no one else or nothing else can adequately take his place or the priority of him in our lives. And if we're going to come after God to know him and to be known, then we're going to have to sacrifice self. And one that we have to let go of is self-righteousness. Now, when we come to God to meet with him and spend time with him, he's not concerned about how much we know, our intellectual IQ, or how much we've done in this life or what we've accomplished to date, or whether we've crossed all of our T's and dotted all of our I's. God is not preoccupied with our perceived level of goodness. He wants us to strip off any pride we have 
Psalm chapter 51 verse 17 describes exactly what God is looking for from us. It says that the sacrifices of God are that he desires a broken spirit, one that is humble. In the New Testament of the Bible in Matthew chapter 15, we read about the Pharisees who were the religious leaders during Jesus' time of ministry on earth. And they knew the law of Moses. So they knew the words from God. They religiously lived them out and they were vigilant in pointing out the missteps of everybody else, all for their purposes of feeling good about who they were. But they forgot that God is a God that values relationship, not rote religious activity. He values an humble heart and not a prideful, self-righteous spirit. Jesus had choice words for them when he told them, you worship me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. In other words, what you're saying sounds good and what you're doing looks good, but your hearts are not intimately connected to God. And what futility that is. So self-righteousness has got to go. And then we have to reorganize some self-pleasures that keep us from intimacy with God. God doesn't intend for us to live here on earth without experiences of pleasure. Who would want that life? And God doesn't want that life for us. Some of our greatest joys and moments of pleasure are because of gifts that God has given us. But God also knows that our hearts can be steered away even by good things that he intended for our pleasure. His material blessings are for us to enjoy. But when we become more focused on them rather than him, they get in the way of our heart connection with God. God's gift of family and friends are for us to enjoy. And yet often we spend more time connecting with and pleasing them than trying to know more about the God who is the lover of our souls and the keeper of our hearts. We need to be connected with the giver of the gifts and not just the gifts themselves. And we'll have to sacrifice our self-protection. Now, this one is tough because many of us have put up walls around our hearts to ensure that we don't get hurt again in a relationship, even one with God. Now, many might want to know God, but only at a distance and only based upon the ability to control the way things happen, the when, the what's, the how's. And control is a fear-based tactic. Rarely does it ever yield what we really want. Also, I know for some that self-protection is rooted in anger. Anger at God for something that happened that was devastating or for something that didn't happen that was disappointing. As long as God is being blamed, he cannot be believed or trusted. And God can handle your being angry with him. He just doesn't want you to stay there. He invites you to get freed up from that place. To have intimacy with him the walls of protection have to come down. They come down by pushing past the anger, the hurt and fears, and drawing into the very presence of God. And in order to make this level of sacrifice, we have to first surrender and trust the truth about who God is. And then third, if we're going to have intimacy with God, yes, we need to surrender and we'll need to sacrifice, but we also need to seek it out. Seeking and pursuing God takes time. It takes effort. It's going to take prioritizing him above all else. 
this is opposed to how we roll it in our culture today because we live in a fast paced world that values instant gratification and is experiencing distance in relational connections more and more. Intimacy with God is going to require the investment of time in order to know him more deeply. And God promises to honor our pursuit of him. And in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, God says, when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. Because the spirit, the heart and the soul crave intimacy, we are going to seek it out somewhere and somehow. For a moment, just think back over your life, some of the ways that you might have gone about this search for intimacy. Likely some of those experiences have blown up instead of causing you to feel freed up. And I personally can identify with that. The alternatives for intimacy with God are plenteous, but there is only one source that can satisfy the desire that he placed there for himself. So start with him. In Psalm chapter 27, verse four, King David said, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in his house all the days of my life. When Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment and pursuit in life, he responded with this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. God designed intimacy to start with him. So then we can extend the experience of true love and intimacy to others. In closing, I'm sure there are those listening that feel it's hard to connect with someone that you cannot physically see or touch. God is omnipresent and that means he is everywhere at the same time. And you get to know him by first believing that he exists and that he will meet you as you open your heart to him. He has promised to come close to you when you seek him out and spend time with him. And that looks like taking time to read his profile, the Bible, meeting up with him regularly to talk to him silently and aloud in prayer. And most of all, just being still and quiet with him so he can talk back to you. It's a reciprocal relationship. And he has much to say to us, but we'll miss it if we're not still. God wants QT with you. And when you prioritize this continually, you'll begin to notice those God thoughts and see with your spiritual eyes things that you hadn't seen before. You'll start experiencing him. And that's intimacy with God. Seeking takes time. But if we make intimacy with God the highest priority of our lives, it will give us the highest payoff in our lives. As you have time over the next several days in your quiet moments, think about how you would rate your intimacy with God in this season of life. Be honest. This is between you, your journal, and God. If you were to scale between one and five, five being the highest, where would you land? And once you've determined that number, think about what you might need to do to move beyond where you are. Do you need to surrender? To trust the truth about God? To totally come to God in full transparency? Totally bare and honest? Or maybe you need to sacrifice something, letting go of some area of self that keeps you from connecting with God. Are you seeking him 
or have you become content with lesser alternatives? So journal those responses and then pray and ask God for his help in drawing closer to him. One of the areas that I really feel like I need to deal with personally as it relates to my intimacy with God and with others is in the area of self-protection, thinking about how I guard my heart and keep it wall up because of disappointments and hurts and betrayals of the past. And so we're going to work on that area that God has talked to us about in this episode. That's what we're doing, right? And God gives us so much grace and so much mercy and so much love for us to process through all that with him. So remember, as you're doing all of this, we are walking this path together. You don't walk alone. And as always, know this, God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.